Hi, welcome back to Idgits and Asputs. I'm Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 11, called Family Remains. And can I just say real quick that, like, other than Wendigo, this is, like, one of the creepiest, most disturbing episodes to me. Yeah, this one is pretty upsetting. Like, I don't like it. Yeah. And, like, it's well done, Yeah, but I don't like it. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, genuine scares in this one that aren't just, yeah. like, jump scares. They're not jump scares. They're, like, creepy, nasty scares. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. So we start inside a house. There's a man sitting in a chair, drinking a beer, and watching TV. The light above him starts to flicker, and then the power goes out. He says, oh, come on. Oh, crap. He tries to walk out of the room, but the door won't budge. Another door in the room creaks open, and a young girl comes out, and she totally looks like a dead person. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I, like, like I assumed that this was a ghost. Yeah. yeah. He says, you, it's impossible. You stay away from me. She smiles and attacks him. There's a lot of blood. A lot. Yeah. Opening title sequence. <laughs> then we cut to baby parked at nighttime in the woods in front of a closed gate. Sam is asleep in the back seat. Dean is reading something with the help of a flashlight. Sam wakes up and says, what are you doing? Dean says, what does it look like I'm doing? Sam says, looks like you're looking for a job. Dean says, Yahtzee. Sam sits up and said, says, we just finished a job like two hours ago. Dean says, adrenaline's still pumping, I guess. So what do you think? Cedar Rapids, Tulsa, or Chi-Town? Sam says, I'm all for working. I really am. But you got us chasing cases nonstop for like a month now. We need sleep. Dean says, ah, oh, we can sleep when we're dead. I can't tell you how many times I've said that <laughs> throughout even the last week, but in my life. Really? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Sam says, you're exhausted, Dean. Dean says, I'm good. Sam says, no, you're not. You're running on fumes and you can't run forever. Dean says, and what am I running from? Sam says, from what you told me, or are we pretending that never happened? Dean says, Stratton, Nebraska, farm town. A man gets hacked to death inside a locked room, inside a locked house. No signs of forced entry. Sam says, sounds like a ghost. Dean says, yes, it does. Sam sighs and lays back down. Sorry, I had to swallow. It's like a long pause. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> we cut to the morning. Sam and Dean pull up to a house with a for sale sign in front of it. Down in the weeds, we can see a sold sign is hidden. Sam and Dean get out of baby and walk to the front door. Dean Locke picks the door and they go inside. There's no furniture. Dean says, boy, three bedrooms, two baths, one homicide. This place is going <laughs> to sell like hotcakes. Suddenly, our view of the boys changed. It looks like we're looking at them through some slats in a closet door. Something's looking Something, at you. Yeah, something's <laughs> watching them. Uh, so they go into the kitchen and we see someone is still watching them. Dean finds on the wall a painted over area. Um... I have no idea what to call this. But Dean says, hey, check this out. Dean knocks on the wall. Sam says, it's probably a dumbwaiter. And that is the word that I was trying to think of. <laughs> um, all those old, all these old houses had them. Dean says, know it all. Sam says, what? <laughs> Dean says, what? <laughs> Sam, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Sam says, you said, never mind. Dean smiles and they walk into the room where the man died. Dean says, well, no bloodstains, fresh carpet, a or a fresh coat of paint. This house is a bunch. <laughs> this is a bunch of bupkis. <laughs> Sam has his EMF out and he's his EMF reader out and he says needles all over the place. Dean looks out the window and says, "Yeah, power lines." Sam says, "Great." Sam opens a closet door on the ground. Uh, Sam opens a closet door and on the ground is the head of a beat up doll. Dean says, "Well, that's super disturbing." Disgusting. Okay, is it just me or did that thing remind you of the like? 
You've seen Toy Story, right? Oh, yeah, it did. The little the spider. The little, like, the doll spider head. doll head. Because, like, the hair and everything, it looked like yeah. that. Like, a real version of that. Yeah, it did. Sam says, think it got left behind? Dean says, by who? Unless Bill Gibson likes to play with doll heads. <laughs> and I, I don't know who Bill Gibson is. Do you? I looked it up, but I can't remember. But who is? Bill Gibson. Bill Gibson. Yeah. Let me look it up. All right. I don't know. Unless Give me, like, two shakes. Bill Gibson. Bill Gibson. American record producer. Um, That's right. It doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. There's got to be something. Somebody else. Nope. Looks like this is... Weird. Okay. Sam hmm. laughs, and then they hear a truck pulling up to the house. Sam says, uh-oh. Dean says, I thought you said this place was still for sale. Sam says, apparently it's not. A dog and a young boy get out of the car. The dog's name is Buster, and the boy's name is Danny. There's also a teenage girl named Kate. Their parents are named Susan and Brian, and the truck driver is Uncle Ted. Susan says to Kate, what do you think? It's nice, right? Kate has her phone out and says, did anyone bother to check if we get a signal out here? Brian says, actually, I did, Kate, but we decided to move anyways just to ruin your life. Come on, let's unpack. Kate says, Uncle Ted, please back me up here. Ted says, kid's right, Bri. You're ruining her life. <laughs> Kate says, see? Brian says, thanks for the help, Uncle Ted. <laughs> Ted says, I call it like I see it, buddy. You're so helpful. Thanks, man. <laughs> Susan says to Brian, hey, be nice. Brian says, I am nice. They look at the house, and Brian says, what do you think? We do okay? Susan says, I don't know. Then Sam and Dean come walking down the porch steps. Brian says, can I help you? Dean says, hi, are you the new owner? Brian says, yeah, and you guys are. Dean says, this is Mr. Stanley, and I'm Mr. Briber. They hold up IDs, and Dean says, county code enforcement. Brian says, we had the building inspected last week. Is there a problem? Sam says, asbestos in the walls, a gas leak. Yeah, I'd say we got a problem. Susan says, asbestos, meaning what? Sam says, meaning until this house is up to code, it's uninhabitable. Brian says, whoa, 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 you're saying we can't stay here? Dean says, it's a health hazard. You don't want to. Ted says, hold up. We just drove 400 miles. Dean says, there's a motel just down the road. Till this gets cleaned up, I suggest you stay there. Brian says, all right, and what if we don't? Dean says, well, you get a fine, you go to jail. Pick your poison. Brian says, one night. One night, and I'll take care of everything ASAP, I promise. Dean says, yeah, you do that. Kate says, another motel? Awesome, Dad. I hope this one has hooker sheets like the last one. <laughs> well, uh-huh. sounds like Dean's kind of place. <laughs> yeah. We cut to Sam and Dean talking to the housekeeper of the man who died. Dean says, uh, what did the room look like when you found it, Mrs. Curry? She says, I already talked to the local boys. There was blood everywhere. Dean says, and Mr. Gibson, where was he? She says, everywhere. Sam <laughs> says, how long have you been cleaning Mr. Gibson's house? She says, about five years. Dean says, so you knew him pretty well. She says, oh, not really well. He was a real private, not the, he was real private, not the easiest man. Not that I blame him. Sam says, what do you mean? She says, his wife died in childbirth. Daughter hangs herself in the attic 20 years later. I'd be bitter too. I think I got some pictures. She finds them. <laughs> when she said that too, I was like, you have pictures of what now? <laughs> I know, of the hanging body. Yeah. She finds them and lets Sam and Dean keep them. Sam says, now, why the daughter, Why did the daughter kill herself? She says, I don't know. This was before my time. Dean says, did you ever notice anything odd in the house while you were cleaning it? Like lights going on and off, things not being where you left them? She said, no. Well, maybe there was one thing. 
Sometimes I thought I heard like a rustling in the walls. Dean says, like a rat? She says, yeah. Dean says, that must have been some... Must have been some big son of guns out there, huh? She says, wouldn't know. Never saw any. Sam asks, did you happen to know where Mr. Gibson and his daughter are buried? She says, they were both cremated. So we cut to Sam and Dean walking to baby. Sam says, all right, so it probably wasn't the mom and her daughter. Whose the ghost was it? Whose ghost was it? <laughs> Dean says, I don't know, but I say we give that place a real long once over and see. We cut back to the house. The family is there unpacking the car. Ted comes down the steps and says, code enforcement, my ass. There's no asbestos. Brian says, you sure? Ted says, hell yes. I build enough homes to know that. No gas leak either. Brian says, who are those guys? Ted says, not from county. I can tell you that. So Kate and Susan start taking stuff out of the car. Kate looks up to a window in the house and sees the dead looking girl staring at her. Susan says to Kate, hey, you okay? Kate looks back at the window, but no one is there. She says, yeah, I just thought I saw something. That's all. Susan says, it's going to be great here, Kate. It really is. <laughs> yeah, if you don't die first. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Kate smiles and says, yeah, mom, I'm sure everything's going to change. We cut to nighttime inside the house. Danny is playing video games. Susan yells from another room, Danny, are you unpacking? He says, yeah, I'm almost finished. Then the closet door creaks open and a baseball rolls out. Oh. Danny stands up and says, hello. Whatever. <laughs> Steve's like, oh, no. Steve is like, don't do it. Um, whatever is in the closet hides. But Danny says, it's okay. I'm Danny. He rolls the ball back into the closet, and whatever is inside throws it to him, and he catches it. Danny laughs and says, hi. Steve wants to narrate as well. Oh, yes. I understand. <laughs> He's like, hello. So we cut to the kitchen. Brian says to Susan, can you smell that? He opens up a cupboard and says, oh, that. It smells like a raccoon died up there or something. Susan says, that's pleasant. Thank you. <laughs> what are we doing, Bri? Us on a farm, talking about zucchini. Brian says, it's going to be different. I promise you, we're going to be happy. She says, and if we're not? He says, we will be. We have to be. Susan says, I can't put the kids through another year like the last. So we cut to Sam and Dean parking baby a little ways away from the house. They see the family's vehicles there. Dean says, crap. So what now? Sam says, we could tell them the truth. Dean says, really? Sam says, no, not really. <laughs> we cut <Safe>. to, <laughs> yeah, we cut to inside the house with Ted. He yells, hey guys, you're going to want to come see this. Brian and Susan join him and we see written on the wall in red is the word go. Brian inspects it and says it's crayon. Uh, uh, oh yeah, okay. Brian inspects it. Brian inspects it and says it's crayon. Danny, get your butt down here. Ted says to Susan, tell you what, if my kid did this, Susan says, he's not your kid, Ted. Just butt out. <laughs> to Brian, she says, hey, go easy on him. The teacher said he might act out. Danny joins them, and Brian says, hey, buddy, something you want to tell me and your mom? Danny says, I didn't do that. Brian says, okay, look, just tell me the truth. All you gotta, and, and all you got to do is clean it up, okay? No punishment. Danny says, but I didn't. The girls in the walls did The girl in the walls did it. Susan says, the girl on the walls. Danny says, she wants you to go and me to stay. Brian says, all right, one last time. The truth, buddy. Danny says, that is the truth. I can stay, but she hates grown-ups. And if you don't leave, she's going to get really, really mad. Brian says, all right, go to your room. Danny says, mom. But Susan remains silent. Danny says, if Andy were here, he'd believe me. Brian says, upstairs now. So Danny goes. We cut to Kate laying in bed. She hears a creaking sound and says, it's okay, Buster. It's okay. I hate it here, too. 
She lowers her arm and hand off the bed to touch him. She hears a slurping sound and says, well, she probably feels the slurping. But we hear, we the, hear slurping. the slurping sound. <laughs> yeah. And she says, ew, Buster, gross. What's the matter with you? Then she hears some more creaking and the bedroom door opens. It's Buster coming in the room. Kate says, oh, God, and looks back to where she thought Buster was. <sighs> All we see is a closet door slam shut. Kate screams. Okay, that was a good fucking scene right there where she okay. looks back and you just see the closet door slamming. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, okay, let me that just was super gross. let me just tell you a nasty story that somebody told me once. It's like it's not a ghost story, but there it's like a like campfire horror story yeah. sort of thing. And I don't remember who told it to me, but it has stuck with me. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. Um. <clears throat> so basically, like. The whole story is this guy is, like, laying in bed in the middle of the night. He hears this dripping sound, right? And mm-hmm. so he's like, okay. So he goes into the bathroom, like, turns like turns the tap to make sure it's, like, shut off all the way. The mm-hmm. dripping stops, so he goes back to bed. A little while later, he wakes up to the same dripping sound. Mm-hmm. Like, this dripping sound keeps happening. It's not, you know, he's like, okay, you know. And so he goes back into the bathroom and, you know, turns it off, turns the tap again to make sure it's, like, off and it stops. So he's like, okay, you know, got a leaky faucet or whatever. So he goes back to bed, and and still same night, he wakes up again because he hears the dripping again. And so he goes into the bathroom, and he turns the knob, and it's not turning off. And he's like, okay, what's going on? And so, you know, he goes back into bed – or no, sorry. So he – it does – it turns off again. He goes back into his bed in the room, and he's, like, pet – his hand's hanging down off the bed, and he's petting his dog, and the dog's licking him, and, you know, he's like, oh, it's okay, whatever. So then he goes into the bathroom again. This is when he, you know, tries to turn it off. It's not turning off. And so he turns on the bathroom light to be like, okay, what the heck is going on? And his dog is hanging there dripping off oh my of the God, ceiling yeah. and it, on the window or on the mirror it says in the dog's blood humans can lick too gross i've heard a variation of that before Ooh, yeah i don't know why but it has stuck with me it's an upsetting <laughs> so idea yeah because the fact that you're like oh, okay i'm petting my like not even just getting licked by the dog like petting the dog right like and like oh hair like yeah it's so gross it's so gross anyways that just it freaks me out yeah it's gross steve it's gross he's like yeah i don't care (laughs) it is super upsetting he's like i'll eat you if you die so just so you know (laughs) (laughs) probably so we cut to everyone down in the kitchen kate is freaking out susan says kate baby calm down and tell us what happened kate says i just got molested by casper the pervy ghost Uh, that's what happened. Brian says, ghost. Kate says, yes, dad, a ghost. Danny says, it's the girl in the walls. Kate says, who? Brian says, both of you, knock it off. Then Sam and Dean knock on the front door. Ted opens it, and Dean says, we heard screams. What's going on? Brian says, you two. Did you touch my daughter's? Or my daughter? <laughs> Dean says, what? No. <laughs> Brian says, who are you guys? Dean says, relax, please. Sam says, you have a ghost. Kate says, I told you. Danny says, it's the girl. Brian says, both of you, relax. What are you guys playing at? Dean says, your family is in danger. You need to get out of the house now. Just then, all of the lights in the house go out. Okay. It was kind of, like, lucky that the lights went out at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you, you know Brian's going to be like, ghosts aren't fucking real. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? He's about mm-hmm. to be like, you guys are crazy. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. So it was kind of lucky that the lights went out at that one time because yeah. it just like further shit, you know, proves that like, like something, hey, something is happening. Something is yeah. happening. Whether mm-hmm. it's ghosty or not, something mm-hmm. is happening and you're yeah. in danger. Yeah. Ted says, what the hell? Dean says, nobody move. Then we hear Buster, the dog, yelping. Oh. Danny yells, Buster. Brian, Ted, Sam, and Dean run outside and Buster is still whimpering. I put a frowny face in my notes. Yeah. He, he was not making happy sounds. Yeah. They follow a trail of blood to the truck, and on it, written in blood, are the words, too late. Cool. Yeah. Everyone else comes out, but Brian tells them to go outside. Dean says, we're not the bad guys, but you are in danger. Sam says, first things first, you got to get your family out of here. So we cut to the whole family rushing down the front steps. Dean says, head to the motel I was talking about. You'll be safe there. Brian asks, what are you two going to do? They get to the cars and see that all the tires are flat, even on baby. Sam opens the trunk and says, dude, the guns are gone. Basically, everything is gone. He's like, oh! I know. Danielle's, That's what I mean. Hell yeah. Danielle's, what kind of ghost messes with a man's wheels? <laughs> Kate is crying and says, what's going on? She looks over at some bushes and sees the dead-looking girl. Kate screams and says, she's there. She's there. They all look, but no one is there. Kate yells, she was right there in the woods. Dean says, what's the ghost doing outside? Sam says, you want to stay and find out? <laughs> Dean says, everybody nope. inside. Ted says, are you crazy? We need to get the hell out of here. Dean says, and what? This ghost is hunting us. Everybody back inside now. Move. So we cut to inside the house. Dean says, whatever's outside, it can't get in the circle. As long as the salt line is unbroken, this is the safest place to be. Brian says, safe from ghosts? Dean says, yes, as a matter of fact. Brian says, okay, I'm not listening to this anymore. Come Mm. on, I got to get my family out of here. Let's go. Dean says, nobody's going anywhere until we kill this thing. Sam says, sir, please, this is what we do. Just trust us, okay? Danny says, you hunt ghosts? Dean says, that's right. Danny says, like (laughs) Scooby-Doo? Dean says, better. And he's like super proud of himself. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, Uh (laughs) Scooby-Doo, uh-huh. To Kate, Sam says, you saw her outside, right? Okay, does she look like either one of these girls? And he shows her the pictures that the housekeeper had given him. Kate points to one and says, her. She was paler and a lot dirtier, but that was her. Danny says, that's the girl in the walls. Sam says, so it's the daughter. Susan says, that girl in the picture, she's dead? Sam says, she killed herself inside this house. Then Sam and Dean go to talk privately. Sam says, so what? The maid got her story wrong? Dean says, Rebecca wasn't cremated? Sam says, unless her spirit's just attached to something inside the house. Dean says, she hung herself inside the attic, right? Sam says, you want to babysit? I'll check it out. Ted has been eavesdropping. He says, look, I don't care who hung themselves where. Maybe something is going on here. But Dean says, it's a spirit, man. Ted says, no, it's just some backwoods hillbilly bitch. And I'm not about to sit around here waiting for her to go all deliverance on my ass. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Also. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, well, nobody's leaving the house. Ted says, stop me. He tries to walk away and Dean forcefully stops him. Dean says, listen, man, I've got a gun. You don't get your ass back. You don't get your ass back in that circle. You're going to have yourself a third hole. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed a lot. Yeah. Like, I, like that <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. So Ted gets back in the circle. Sam says quietly to Dean, dude, you don't have a gun. Dean says, and? I'm not letting that bastard or anyone else die tonight. Sam says, you cool? Dean says, go. So we cut to some time later. Ted says to Dean, hey, Fonzie, question for you. 
This indestructible force field made of salt had to be kosher stuff or what? Susan says, knock it off, Ted. They hear some creaking and Kate says, what was that? Then a door in the room slowly opens and the dead looking girl comes out. Dean says, all right, everybody stay calm. She's a ghost. She can't come in the circle. But then the girl has a knife in her hand and she steps over the salt line. Kate says, I thought you said ghosts can't cross the circle. Dean says, they can't. She's not a ghost. Ted yells, shoot her, shoot her. <laughs> Dean, get her, get her. Yeah, Dean says, yeah, about that. Go, go, move. Everybody runs outside while Dean fights the girl who is screaming and trying to stab him. Like a banshee. Oh, this girl, every interaction they have with her, she is nonstop screaming and it's is like just, it's super creepy. jarring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Sam is there. He yells, hey, and shines a flashlight in her eyes. She screams and then run ba- runs back into the closet. Sam follows her, but she's gone. Sam and Dean go outside and see Brian. Dean asks where everyone else is, and Brian says they're hiding. So Dean tells him to go get everyone. To Sam, he says, so it's not a ghost. Sam says, so it's just a girl? Dean says, it's not just a girl. It's Psycho Nell. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> humans. Yep. Mm. Sam says, so who is she then? Dean says, I don't know. Maybe it's the daughter Rebecca. Maybe she didn't hang herself. Sam said, dude, no. She'd have to be like 50 years old by now. Dean says, well, I don't know. What did you find in the attic? Sam says, some old junk, and I found Rebecca's diary. That's about it. Dean says, I wish you'd found a howitzer. I don't know what a howitzer is. Um, I think it is like a type of weapon, I would assume. Okay. Because, I mean, they don't have anything. Right. So. Dean says, listen, we got to get this family safe. I mean, it's just a human, so they can make a run for it. We just got to hold her off. Uh, then most of the family arrive, everyone except Danny. They keep yelling for him. To Dean, Ted says, told you it was some crazy bitch. Dean says, yes, you did. Sam says, hey, head into town. We'll take it from here, okay? Susan and Brian are still yelling for Danny, but he doesn't come. Brian tries to convince Susan to take Kate and head to town, but Susan refuses to go without Danny. Dean says, she's right. Until we find your son, the safest place for you right now is in the shed. Kate says, I'm not going in there. Dean says, yes, you are. It's the best defense. The windows are boarded up. It's all, it's got one door. It's our best shot right now. Trust me. Brian says, Susan, Kate, go. So the girls go. Sam says to Brian, you and me take the outside. To Ted and Dean, he says, you two take the house. Let's go. Inside the house, Ted finds some knives in a box. Dean is checking out a closet. Ted says, what are you doing? Dean says, she's human. She had to come from somewhere. Dean finds a loose board and breaks it open. Ted says, you smell that? Dean says, every day. Mm-hmm. What does that mean exactly? Like, usually dead when there's dead things, yeah. like, you know, it's going to stink. So he's like, he's basically in my, what I got out of it, he's just like, I smell a lot of dead things, dude. Okay, you know? like, yeah. <laughs> so then there's a tunnel behind the board. So Dean goes inside and Ted follows. They walk for a ways and they come across a hole in the floor. A, a like, narrow hole in the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm surprised Dean fit through it. Yeah, it, it did not very look small. like he was going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Ted says, you're not going down there. Dean says, well, do you want to? Dean lowers himself down while saying over and over, please, nobody grab my leg. Please, nobody grab my leg. <laughs> I mean, as I would be saying this, Oh, thing, fuck you. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't like, go oh, down yeah. the hole. God, no. <laughs> when he gets down in the hole, he sees a lot of dead animals and what I think is Buster. Bits of Buster. Yeah. Dean says, dog, it's what's for dinner. Halt. Then he whisper yells for Danny. Ted says, find anything? Dean says, yeah, her kitchen. Dean keeps creeping around and sees a stick figure of a boy and a girl painted on the wall. Back with Ted uh, lurking above the hole, he hears some creaking. <laughs> so 
sorry. <laughs> I'm joking about lurking above a hole. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's not appropriate. It's I am, okay. I am, in fact, a child. I mean, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Ted hears some creaking noises and goes to investigate. Suddenly, the girl is there, and she stabs him in the throat. Hole. Dean hears the struggle and books and, and books it back to the hole. <laughs> But just as he arrives, Ted's upper body falls into the hole, and Dean can see that he is dead. <laughs> There's too many holes happening. <laughs> it's a lot of hole talk. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, okay. So we cut to Sam and the family in the shed. Brian says, look, why are we just standing here? Let's go in and check the house. Sam says, we have to wait for these guys to get back, okay? Then Dean knocks on the shed door and says, Sam, it's me. So they unbarricade the door, and Dean comes in and closes the door immediately. Susan says, did you get Danny? Dean says, no. Susan says, well, where's Ted? Dean says, he's outside. Susan says, well, why doesn't he come inside? Dean says, because I had to carry him out. I'm sorry. Susan says, what does that mean? You're sorry. Brian asks, are you saying that he's dead? Susan says, no, he's saying that he, he's not saying that he's dead. You're not saying that, are you? Dean says, we were in the walls and she uh, attacked. I couldn't get to him in time. Kate says, Uncle Ted is dead. Dean says, I shouldn't have left him alone. I'm very sorry. Dean goes back outside alone. We catch it sometime later. Sam is reading Rebecca's diary. Brian says, we'll find him, Suze. We will. Susan says, where else is there to look? Danny's dead, isn't he? Brian says, no, Suze. Susan says, he is. Why not? She killed my brother. Now she killed my son. Brian says, no, Danny is alive. She says, no, he isn't. Brian says, yes, he is. Do you remember what he said about the girl who lived in the walls? She said he could stay. Susan says, no, no, I just don't understand why this happens to us. I mean, we're good people. We're a good family. Brian says, what happened to Andy happened, okay? I can't change that, but I will find Danny. I promise you. And when I do, we are going to be fine. You and me, the kids, we're going to be fine. So we cut to some time later. Brian and Dean are standing in front of the house. Dean says, Andy, your son? Brian says, oldest. He got himself killed in a car accident last year. Dean says, I'm sorry. Brian says, nearly pulled Susan and I apart. Still could, I imagine. That's why we moved here. Fresh air, fresh start. Not even my line marriage, uh, not even my line mar- marriage counselor. I don't know the what ma- that means. Not even my line, the marriage counselor. Okay. Like the marriage counselor said it, yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I wrote it like that, but I'm just like, I don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, or she might be right. After all, what could possibly go wrong in the country? <laughs> Dean says, I'm getting your son back. If it's the last godforsaken thing I do. Brian says, why do you care so much? Sam walks over and holds up Rebecca's diary. He says, Dean, we got to talk. So they walk into the house. Dean says, what is that? Sam says, Rebecca's diary. I just finished reading it. That girl back there? I'm pretty sure she was Rebecca's daughter. Dean asks, Rebecca had a kid? Sam says, it's all she talks about, being pregnant, being ashamed of being pregnant. Dean says, geez, rent Juno, get over it. Wait, why kill herself after the baby? Sam says, maybe because her dad called her a dirty little whore and said he was going to lock the baby up where nobody could ever see it. Dean says, why would he say that? Sam gives Dean a very serious look. And Dean says, oh, gross. (laughs) So the daddy was the baby daddy, too? Sam says, dude was a monster, Dean. Dean says, a story ripped from Austrian headlines. Humans, man. So she's been locked up in this house her whole life? Sam says, you saw her eyes. Has she ever seen light? She's barely human. Dean says, okay, so what then? She's kept caged up like an animal, and then she busts out and ganks dear old dad slash granddad. 
Sam says, I guess. Dean says, well, can't say I blame her. Sam says, I'm sure her life was hell, Dean, but that doesn't mean she gets a free pass for a murder spree. Dean says, like, you know what hell's like. Sam says, I didn't. That was a little bit of a low blow, though. Like, really? Yeah. Like, he's not, you know. Right, right, right. I get it. Dean says, forget it. Sam says, so where do we find her? Dean says, kids got to eat, right? He kept her hidden and locked up, but he had to feed her, didn't he? I think I know where. So we cut to Danny moaning in the dark. He's all tied up and gagged on the dirt floor. The girl suddenly crawls into the room. They're under the house. Super creepy-like. It is so creepy. I don't like any of it. (laughs) She gets close to him and smiles and then holds up a live rat in his face. She breaks the rat's neck and then takes a huge chomp of it, still fur-covered. Danny screams, and I throw up. (laughs) (laughs) I did not throw up, but I got a little queasy. Also, it kind of reminded me of, like... You've seen Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. So, like, when Gollum, Smeagol, whatever he is at the time, like, mm-hmm. has the fish, and he's, like, beating the fish, oh, and yeah. he's, like, yeah. taking chunks out of it, like, that's what it reminded me of, just, like, the kind of sitting there, like, oh, and like, yeah. yeah. Ugh. Ugh. So gross. <laughs> so we catch a Dean breaking down one of the walls. Sam says to Brian, he could have kept her hidden down here for years. Kept her fed. Nobody would know. The wall comes apart, and it's the sealed entrance to the dumbwaiter. Sam yells down the hole, Danny! Dean says, watch out, I'm going down. Brian says, no, that's my son. Dean says, I know it is, but I said that I would get him. I will. Let me. So Dean climbs down the dumbwaiter hole. To Brian, Sam asks, you got curtains? We need rope. We cut back to the shed. Susan is comforting Kate. Suddenly, the window shatters. We cut back to Dean. He's walking around uh, and finds, oh, and finds some of the guns that the girl stole. Dean says, bitch is a klepto. <laughs> Danny. Then he hears Danny's muffled screams. There's an opening in the wall, and Danny is just on the other side of it. Dean cuts Danny's restraints and ungags him. Dean says, your dad's upstairs. They start walking, and Danny says, hurry, he's coming back. Dean says, he? Danny says, her brother. Just then the brother tackles Dean. We cut back to the shed. Susan and Kate are up against the wall opposite of the broken window. Suddenly a knife plunges through the wall they are up against. We cut back. I know that was super creepy. We cut back to Dean. He's fighting with the boy. Danny goes over to the dumbwaiter, and Sam has lowered some tied together curtains. Danny ties it around himself, and Sam and Brian pull him up. They get him out. Sam says, "Get him outside." Oh no, that's not what he says. (laughs) Sam says, "Get him out of here. You gotta go." So they go. Sam yells for Dean, but all he hears is noises from the fight. Dean manages to shoot the boy dead just before the boy stabs him. We cut back to the shed. One of the walls is being broken by the girl. She finally gets in, is about to stab Susan when the girl gets dragged back out. That was a cool looking scene. She's like advancing and then all of a sudden some, like something grabs her legs and pulls her out. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. We hear a lot of stabbing sounds and the girl screams. Kind of squishy sounds. Yeah. And the girl <laughs> screams slowly fade away. Then someone knocks on the door. Brian yells, Suze. They open the door and Brian comes in covered in blood. That's kind of nice that the dad killed somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That it wasn't just Sam and Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we cut to sometime later. Sam and Dean walk out of the house past Kate, who is crying, and Susan, who's holding Danny. They walk up to Brian, who is staring at the dead body of the girl. Cut to morning. Dean is fixing the tires on baby. Then Brian, Susan, and Sam come over. Dean says, thanks for giving us a head start. Brian says, why doesn't it surprise me? You guys don't like the police. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long story. (laughs) Sam says, sort of a mutual appreciation thing, really. Brian and Susan both say thank you. Dean says to Susan, you okay? 
She says, no, we're the opposite of okay, but we're together. And she holds Brian's hand. Cut to Sam and Dean parked under an overpass. They go outside and Sam hands Dean a burger. Dean puts it down and Sam asks, you okay? <laughs> okay, know. if he's refusing to eat a burger, something is seriously wrong. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Dean says, you know, I felt for those sons of bitches back there. Lifelong torture turned you into something like that. Sam says, you were in hell, Dean. Look, maybe you did what you did there, but you're not them. They were barely human. Dean says, well, you're right. I wasn't like them. I was worse. They were animals, Sam, defending their territory. Me, I did it for the sheer pleasure of it. I enjoyed it, Sam. They took me off the rack, and I tortured souls, and I liked it. All those years, all that pain, finally getting to deal some of out yourself. I didn't care who they put in front of me, because that pain I felt... It just slipped away. No matter how many people I save, I can't change that. I can't fill this hole. Not ever. End credits. It's <sighs> a downer. That's a downer. And I also feel a little confused by the fact that Dean enjoyed torturing souls. Because it's just so out of character. Yeah, but to me, like Ruby said... When she's like, you know, you're going to go to hell and you're going to become this. This is what you're going to become. Like, mm-hmm. to me, that's saying he became that, you know, like that he was a demon and he, right. that's his soul had finally broken. And so he was like, okay, well, I'm on the dark side now. And so I'm enjoying this. Yeah. You know, like to me, that's what that meant. That's what I got out of it anyways. Mm-hmm. But okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just open for interpretation. Yeah, it yeah. is. It just, <laughs> it just seemed a little out of character to me. Yeah. Oh, is that your cat? He's trying to get under the bathroom sink, I think. <laughs> and I'm so not funny. really sure why. I heard this like weird knocking sound, and <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's the girl. Yeah, like, oh god, She's trying no, to don't lick even my do hand. Listen, listen, no, 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 don't put that in my head. <laughs> I don't need any of that. Cool. Uh, anyways, okay. Um, <laughs> so my thoughts on this episode. Um, I really like the porch on that house. Like, I really yeah. like the look of the house in general. Okay. But also, like, if I were to ever buy a house that is that old or, you know, just out in the middle of nowhere like that, you can bet I am totally checking every freaking nook and cranny. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. Like, I am pushing on walls. I am doing whatever, you know, because, like, who even knows, man? Yeah. I've seen too many episodes of Supernatural. Exactly, like, exactly. Too many to feel safe yeah. in a situation like that. But... Oh, yeah, just, nope, mm Also, I looked up the, the howitzer. Thing. Oh, yeah. It says, it's a type of artillery piece characterized by a short barrel and the use of small propellant charges to propel projectiles over high trajectories with a steep angle of descent. And then it has a picture of basically, like, a tank. So, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> it's like, or like a cannon, like a cannon or a tank or something like that. So, like, you know, blow holes in it. Yeah. Um, but anyways. Um, okay. Also, like, why was there no mention of the brother in the journal? Because Sam yeah. said he read the whole thing. Yeah, that's totally weird. Like, they're either, I mean, I would assume that they're twins. Oh, okay. I thought it like, was, like, a younger brother for some reason. Not, I can't, I don't know why I thought that, but. Yeah. We never really see the brother. We just kind of here. Oh, well, yeah. well, Dean fights him, but I can't remember seeing his face or anything. Yeah. That sound so. that sounds like ripping stuff up at Steve on his cat post, which is like right next to the table. So yeah. So, sorry. That's fine. <laughs> but, 
Um, yeah, no, I don't know. It's just the whole thing is kind of weird to me. It doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, okay, you know, obviously he's been there just as long. Right, right. Like, right. why, why? You mm-hmm. know, I just, whatever. Um, no, Steve. <laughs> he's like, hey, do you have an opinion? Are you going to talk about it? Yeah? You got something to say? <laughs> he always has something to say. He's so cute. He's a talker. He I love it. quite the talker. Also, I haven't been sitting on the couch, and, like, usually that's, like, at nighttime I sit on the couch and, like, watch Netflix or, like, do my Supernatural notes mm-hmm. or something, and he's like, why are we not on the couch and cuddling right now? Oh, like, yeah. I am he's missing confused this by what's time. happening, you know? Um, anyways. Um... So also, like, I think feral people, just in general, let me tell you, are kind of freaky. But, I mean, not that they can help it, but it it is just kind of scary. But also, I think the reason that this episode freaks me out as much as it does is because it is kind of like the Wendigo thing. It's like the animal-human hybrid thing that it's just like... Uh-uh. Yeah, know? Like, super creepy. Yeah, and the Wendigo thing, I think, to me, isn't... Like, the Wendigo thing, to me, isn't scary. It's just kind of like, Ugh, you know? Yeah. Like, now that I've watched it more than just a couple of times or whatever, I'm like, okay, like, I still don't like it, and it really kind of creeps me out that it can, like, mimic voices. Right. But this is a totally different thing to me. Like, this was legitimately, like... I had to watch something else before I went to bed oh, last night. So you know, funny, I was just yeah. like, Ugh, get this out of my head. Right, you know, like, right. this is not, not good. Like, ugh, I don't like any of it. Okay. That's but, funny. Anyways, um, so what was your favorite moment from this episode? Okay, so it wasn't when she was getting licked in the hand. <laughs> it wasn't that, but it was when she realizes that her dog is coming into the door and wasn't actually the one licking her hand. And uh-huh. she turns to look at where whoever licked her hand might be. Uh-huh. We just see this, the door slam shut. Uh-huh. That door slamming shut is my favorite moment. Because uh-huh. it was it was so creepy. It was, yeah. It was just like, like any of that. the creepiest thing that I think they did in this episode. Yeah. And I really, really appreciated it. Yeah. It was scary. Yeah. They don't do much scary anymore. You know what I mean? No, yeah. With the angels I mean, and the demons, there's not very many like monster of the week. Yeah. There's certainly not, like, urban legends like there was in the first season. Yeah. So. There are some later on, for sure. That's true. But it's not, like, I feel like the first two seasons are definitely, like, here's this thing and how you kill it. Yeah. And it kind of sets up the rest of the seasons of, like, okay, you know, this is, you know, now we know how to deal with this thing and we know how to deal with this or whatever. Yeah. And so when it, you find it in the later seasons, it's just like, oh, we know how to kill that or we yeah. know how to deal. And it's more focused on the story behind right. it rather than like how to deal with this thing. Right. And that, like, I think from like season three on, it's more definitely like, okay, now we've got the bigger plot line happening. Yeah. But yeah. So it was just, I was properly scared and I appreciated it, you know? Yeah. Mm hmm. This is a good episode for, like, creepy. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, What was your favorite moment? So, I have two. One was when Dean was called Fonzie. Oh, yeah. That was (laughs) pretty good. That was pretty hilarious. 
Um, and then also when Dean was like, please nobody grab my leg. Please nobody oh, grab my leg. So you know, funny. Like, going down in the hole like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, that would freak me yeah, out yeah. so bad. I would like... In that instance, what do you do? Like, I would almost want to go down head first. Yeah, I know, right? Like, Ooh, sorry, I the not, oh, yeah. no, you're good. Like, the not knowing what's down there, like, to me, I'd be like, you're going first and you're watching me come down. Yeah, Because oh, then yeah. I could, like, have somebody below me just in case something grabs my leg mm-hmm. and then I could be watching above me too as I'm going up, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, it's mm-mm. super. I need creepy. eyes all around. <laughs> right. I need all of the eyes. But, yeah, so those were my two favorite moments, just because, I mean, you know, they were kind of, I feel like all of my moments are kind of, like, the funny moments, but those are, like, those are the moments that I live for in Supernatural. yeah. Because, like, I like the creepy stuff, kind of, you know, like, that's, that's more your thing. Like, you really like the emotional stuff and, like, the creepy stuff, where for me, I'm, like, I'm looking for humor, you know? (laughs) I love the humor, too. I don't, I mean, Supernatural, I don't think I'd like it as much if there was no humor. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I live for it, for sure. Yeah, just, yeah, that's, that's kind of, like, the, the... The humor breaks are what I, like, what are what get me through the episodes. And not because I don't like it, but just because sometimes it can get kind of creepy like this episode. And really really dark and sad, too, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you need something here and there to, like, lighten the mood. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Um, So, interesting facts for this episode. Um, It says, in an interview with Sci-Fi Magazine, uh, Kripke said... Uh, you know we want to make an episode like X-Files Home. Um, let's make an episode that the network will air once and then people will complain so much that they'll never air it again. <laughs> okay, I told you about this episode, I think, before when the in the other the other episode that had um, that family. I think it was the Benders. Benders, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode called Home of the X-Files, mm-hmm. it was so disturbing that it aired once. Yeah. And then that the, the network was like, we're not, they got so many complaints, they're never going to do it again. Mm-hmm. So other networks have picked up reruns of the show and mm-hmm. they do air it now, but they yeah. didn't back then. For Supernatural yeah. or for X-Files? X-Files. Oh, okay, yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and it is one of the, the most notorious episodes, but it's about this, this family, there's like three brothers. Um, I might be thinking of the movie Wrong Turn. Hold on. <laughs> I, I don't remember how many brothers. I think there's three brothers, and they're all like deformed because they're made from incest. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? And they keep their mom on a little rollout ugh, flat thing yeah. under like a, a bed. Under a bed. Yeah. And she has babies that are usually too sick you know yeah. to live so uh-huh. they keep burying the the dead babies uh. and they just roll their mom out from under the bed Ugh. it's and it is put her back in and wait it is just like an incubator and disturbing but Ugh. she's all like my boys you know what i mean Ew. like all of it is creepy it is such a fucked up episode i don't like any of that all, <laughs> it just makes you feel like you're covered in slime you know <laughs> it's, it's not a yeah yeah I yeah. can see that. And I believe that Kim Manners is the one who directed that episode. Of X-Files? Of X-Files. Yeah. yeah and he does a lot of the episodes for Supernatural. So. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to I interrupt. Could, oh, you. no, you're good. Yeah. I could I could see that. Like, I mean, I don't think. Did, do you, we know if anybody complained about this one? Or Oh, no, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, it, it's creepy. Like, I don't. 
Like, this isn't one that I would just, like, watch for funsies. Mm-hmm. You know, like, something like The French Mistake, I would totally watch for funsies. And right. I have done that, you know? Yeah. But, like, yeah, this isn't one that I'd be like, oh, this seems like a good episode to watch right now, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, um, it, <laughs> Steve is reading with me. <laughs> oh, my God, you're so cute. Yeah. You're just the cutest. <laughs> the, um... Oh, we're, okay, your face is in the way, dude. Um, so it says, the role of the housekeeper in this episode, Miss uh, Mrs. Curry, or Miss Curry, sorry, was played by Karen Conneville, who also played the mother of the incestuous family in the X-Files episode. Yeah, on. so she was the one they kept under the bed, oh. that actress. Ew, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was probably kind of glad to be in, like, in this episode. Oh, for sure, you know, yeah, like, that's super fun. Yeah. Um... It's, uh, the next one is the house uh, the Carters move into is actually located in Surrey, British Columbia, Canada. Um, it's also the set of the X-Files episode Home, in which yep, inbreeding and feral humans are also plot twi- plot topics. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> English! <laughs> I speak it! <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's the same house that they used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, at some point I'm going to have to watch the X-Files because, like, there's so many references that, like, you're telling me about, the interesting facts you're telling me about, and I just, like, don't know any of them. Mm-hmm. X-Files is so good. Yeah. I need to watch it. I have it at all. At some point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you can stream it right now. I know you could for a while, but if yeah. not, I have all of them. Yeah. I have access to Amazon Prime and mm-hmm. Netflix, so okay. I'll have to look at it at some point and see mm-hmm. what's available, but... Um, I just started watching Penny Dreadful, mm-hmm. and so I've, I feel like I've got to kind of, like, get, I don't know, it's kind of going slow, so I'm like, I don't know how, mm-hmm. like, if this is going to be a thing or not. I but, heard really recently, like, maybe even yesterday, that it's one of the best shows. You oh, know, that's There was, what like, I've an article too. about it, yeah. Yeah, and so, so I'm kind of like, okay, I think they're setting up. Yeah. You know, like, the first few episodes are just, like, kind of slow, because they're trying to <laughs> set you up for what's going on later, right, but. Right, right, Um... Uh, where am I? Oh, it says, uh, when Dean says ripped from an Austrian headline, he's referring to the 2008 case of Joseph Fritzl, I'm guessing is how you say that, mm-hmm. um, who held his daughter captive in a secret corridor in his basement for 24 years. Oh, my um, God. Leading to the birth of seven children. Oh, my God. That oh. is so awful and upsetting. Yeah, it's, none of it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> none of it is okay. And, yeah, it's, mm, no. That's, that's sick. I do not like it. So our research for this week um, is on six famous wild children from history, and this is off history.com. Um, it says, from a wild boy kept as a pet in King George's court to an Indian who was supposedly raised by wolves, um, learn the puzzling and often, tra- often, often, often tragic stories of six famous feral children. Um, the first one is John of... Liege, I'm guessing is how you say it. Um, it says, one of the earliest English language accounts of a feral child concerns John of Liege, um, a boy who supposedly spent most of his life in isolation in the Belgian wilderness. Um, according to a 1644 account by Sir Kenelm Digby, that's quite the name, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, John first fled to the woods at the age of five to escape enemy soldiers during a religious war. Um, but while his family and the rest of the village returned to their homes after the danger had passed, young John was too terrified to come out of hiding. He struck off alone into the depths of the forest, where he survived for 16 years on roots and wild berries. I would be dying for some carbs at that point. Yeah, that's really sad. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's honestly, like, what people used to do, you know? You yeah. had to forage for things, so it's not, like, 
it's not preferable, but yeah. it's not unheard of, you know. Um, so it says, John finally returned to society at age 21 when he was caught trying to steal food from a local farm. Um, by then, he was reportedly naked and all overgrown with hair mm-hmm. <laughs> and had quite forgotten the use of all language. Um, most astonishing of all, his years in the bush had led him to develop a dog-like sense of smell, allowing him to sniff out food from great distances. Um, which also, so a lot of these stories say the same thing. Okay. Like, because they're feral and they have to rely on their senses so much to survive, like, they have really, like, heightened senses of, like, sight and smell and that sort of stuff, you know, because they have to. Yeah. You know, like, it's, I mean, I'm sure that they're hearing necessarily isn't isn't necessarily like improving per se Mm -hmm. but it's like you know they they're more attuned to like listening to things or whatever yeah um or they're yeah no they focus more on it since there's less other things to focus i don't know Mm -hmm. maybe it does improve like necessarily i don't know anyways um so it says moses uh, wait hold on it says according to digby john eventually began talking again but his heightened senses dulled once he was back in civilization so yeah because he didn't need it um the uh, the next one is peter the wild boy um it says in the summer of 1725 a naked and mute adolescent boy was found living alone in the woods of northern germany um, the child was brought before a British King George the first who took a liking to him and has him sh- and had him shipped to his court. Oh my goodness. Um, back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. christened Peter, the boy soon became the toast of London and he was regularly trotted out as a party favor to an- entertain royal guests. So he was like the court jester basically. Yeah. Um, nobles were fascinated by the wild boy's habit of scurrying about on all fours and they laughed at his disregard for table manners and his penchant for picking pockets and trying to kiss ladies of the court oh that's funny i mean you know whatever (laughs) um attempts to civilize peter failed he never learned to speak and preferred to sleep on the floor um so he was eventually sent to the countryside where he lived until his death um in 1785 um by then peter had aspired had inspired comment and speculation from the likes of Daniel Defoe and Jonathan Swift, um, but the full story of how he came to live in the woods has never been revealed. Um, some researchers have since argued that he may have been—he uh, may have first been abandoned because he suffered from Pitt-Hopkins syndrome, um, a rare neurological disorder characterized by learning disabilities and an inability to develop speech. Hmm. Um, so you know, probably why he couldn't learn how to speak yeah um the third one is marie angelique mimi de leblanc wow Whew. <laughs> um it says in 1731 the french village of songi um which i'm thinking is how it said um was stunned by sightings of a wild young woman armed with a wooden club <laughs> <laughs> um this savage girl of champagne or champ sh- sh- Ponya, I think is how I, I don't remember how uh, I could be totally butchering. Yeah, it. I, I think have it, no idea. it's not said champagne. Right, I think right. it's like champagne or something. I, okay. I don't know. I could I'm just making a fool of myself, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Um but anyway, so she was clad in animal skins in a tattered dress and appeared to be anywhere from ten to eighteen years old, depending on the source. Um she was also astonishingly astonishingly strong for her size and had once even killed a local guard dog with her club. Oh my like, god. Like, big dog, big stick, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought, yeah. Um, 
When villagers finally lured the young woman out of the trees, they were amazed to discover that she spoke only in animalistic whoops and squeaks hmm. and preferred to eat... Re- why preferred to eat raw meat often skinning and biting into the carcass of a fresh kill on the spot um which would be disturbing you know like um in time the girl learned to speak french and grew more civilized and she was later baptized under the name marie angelique mamie leblanc um and sent to live in a convent uh, further details about her background would not emerge until 1765 when she told an interviewer that she had escaped to the forest after being kidnapped and brought to Europe as a slave. Uh, many of Mamie's uh, contemporaries believe she was originally an Eskimo, but recent research suggests she was most likely a Meskwaki Indian born in what is now Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the next one is Victor of Averon. I think is how you say it. Um, it says the mysterious or the mysterious story of Victor began in 1800 when a boy around 12 years old was found wandering in the woods near Aveyron, Aveyron, France. Um, the wild child was naked and mute, and an abundant and an abundance of scars seemed to indicate that he had been exposed to the elements since a very young age. Um, he refused to be washed or touched, ignored human contact, and often exploded in violent outbursts. Uh, years of isolation had also led him to develop a remarkable form of selective hearing. <laughs> hmm. The boy might ignore the sound of a pistol fired above his head or behind his head, but would perk up immediately at the cracking of a walnut, one of his favorite foods. Um, which is, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, that's what animals do. Like, there's a lot of things that should bother them that don't, but then they're like, you know, Steve, if he hears a can opening... Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. It is like the end of the world. He's trying to crawl up you like a tree to get whatever is in that can. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, it says, French, French officials deemed the child an, an imbecile, but a consultant... Uh, why can't I speak? Uh, You're but doing a, okay. <laughs> but a consultant to, this, to a school for the deaf named uh, Jean-Marc Gaspard Etard... Oh, boy. Um, believed that it was possible to teach him language. Um, it's hard worked with the boy uh, who he named Victor for several years and eventually got him to bathe, wear clothes, and even show signs of empathy. Uh, language, however, proved to be permanently beyond the boy's grasp. Um, while Itard taught Victor to understand basic spoken questions and commands, the foundling died at the age of 40, having never uttered a complete sentence. Wow. So, yeah, like, I wonder at what point... Like, your brain's just like, you're not going to learn this. Yeah, it's so hard to imagine. You know, because if you think about it, like, there's people that are pretty old that are learning new languages. Right. But also, they were speaking before. Right, right, right. You know, so, like, is it, like, I mean, obviously, we've got the foundation for speaking. Mm-hmm. So, is it, like, a speaking thing or is it a misunderstanding of the language? You know, like... Because I know, I mean, obviously, like, dogs and cats and stuff can't talk. Right. But, and, you know, there's a few words that they understand and they, like, understand commands or, like, when you say certain things or they understand, like, the tone of what you're saying. Yeah. But, like, yeah, is it just you hit a certain point and you just feel like you're too animal to go back, you know? There must be, yeah. You know? I don't know. Like, what is that point, you know? Um... So this one is Casper Hauser. 
Um, It says, on May 26, 1828, a teenage boy appeared in Nuremberg, Germany, with a seemingly unbelievable story, um, identifying himself as Caspar Hauser. The youth said he had spent the previous 13 years confined to a small room, his only companions a few wooden toys, and a mysterious man that appeared each day to bring him food and water. Um, He carried with him two cryptic notes, which claimed he had come into his captor's care as a child and had never been allowed to leave the house, but was now being released to pursue a military career. Um, Hauser's macabre tale quickly catapulted him into the instant fame, uh, into the instant fame, (laughs) oh boy, catapulted him to instant fame across Europe. Um, Many marveled at the foundling's peculiar peculiarities Ugh. oh no you're doing fine oh, don't worry about I can it. Do it um he supposedly possessed remarkable night vision and often fell into a stupor when presented with new experiences well your brain just shuts down at a certain point yeah um but others suspected his story might be a hoax the boy had learned language and writing too easily they argued and his complexion was not pale enough for someone who had spent most of his, most of his life in darkness um, but, like, what if he just had, like, olive-toned skin? Exactly. Or, like, was just darker to begin with? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was, like, super, super pasty for whatever he was looking like before. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it says, the situation only grew more bizarre in 1833 when Hauser died from a mysterious, possibly self-inflicted stab wound. Um, dozens of wild theories have since been proposed about his origins, including that he was actually a royal who was confined as part of a conspiracy to prevent him from taking the throne. Um, to this day, however, it is unclear whether Caspar Hauser was a real-life wild child or merely a skilled con man. Hmm, okay. Um, the last one is Dina Sanachar. Um, often known as the Wolf Boy, Dina Sanachar was first discovered in 1867 after a band of hunters spied what they had initially thought was a wild animal sleeping in the mouth of a cave in, I'm going to butcher this, Bolandshar District, India. Um, when the men finally smoked the creature out of its hiding place, they were astonished to find it was actually a boy of about six years old. Hmm. Um, the child appeared to have been living in the wilderness for most of his life and had allegedly survived by scampering on all fours with a pack of wolves. Um, the hunters brought the boy to the Sikandra Mission Orphanage in Egra, um, where he was taken in and named Dina Sanachar. Uh, missionaries spent the next several years trying to he- rehabilitate the wolf boy, but years in the wild had taken their toll. Uh, Sanachar never learned to walk before his death in 1895, and he preferred to gnaw on bones and dine on raw animal meat rather than cooked food. Hmm. Um, some have since suggested that this story may have inspired the feral boy character Mowgli in Rudyard Kipling's Jungle Book stories. Yeah. But. That's sad. And those are some feral children for you these are like older stories there was there was some that i saw that were like more kind of recent but they're just yeah you know like, yeah i get it uh, it's like let's go with something that happened a little bit farther in the past yeah that's super but sad actually. it is like it's it's i mean you kind of gotta wonder how they get to that point and it's it, from like a scientific standpoint too it's also kind of fascinating mm-hmm. you know like yeah kind of creepy but also fascinating to be like how you know how did this happen and like at what point can you not do this anymore at what point is it too late to like you know do this or learn this or whatever like right it's it's definitely very interesting but um what was your idget or ass butt moment from this week okay i was at work last weekend and um 
my leg was really bothering me, and my manager asked me to scan all the clearance Mm-hmm. And re-sticker it because the prices were lowered. Mm-hmm. So this is like an eight-hour project, and I was mm-hmm. there for three hours. Mm-hmm. And I have this like little—it's not little, but this stool mm-hmm. that it's kind of a more of a step ladder. There's different different levels to it. And so I was doing the clearance goes all the way up to the ceiling. So mm-hmm. you do the top row, do the mm-hmm. middle row. So you have to stand on the step ladder for the top row. Mm-hmm. The middle row you can just stand on the floor, and mm-hmm. the l- last row—some um, people can bend over, but I just can't with my back pain. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting on the last step of the stool which is not very wide I could get one cheek on it <laughs> just one yeah. one so I was um this has nothing to do with my address but that's fine I was sitting on the stool with like my right cheek mm-hmm. and you know my right leg and is, is the, the one that hurts obnoxious, and like yeah. blissfully the way I was sitting made my whole leg go numb huh. and so I like tried to stay there as long as possible yeah like i'm just because i was like i'm feeling no pain yeah Yeah. (laughs) so anyways i stand back up i go to the top row on the next wall and uh we have these ipods that we use to scan everything Mm -hmm. i dropped it oh no on the floor and it broke open its innards were coming out (laughs) and i just oh i felt so bad because it was one we had just replaced yeah because it wasn't working well so i broke it and I felt so bad, and they did not fire me, which is really nice. But <laughs> I don't think that they would fire you yeah. over something like that. It was a mistake. You oh, know? yeah. If they were to fire you over something like that, then what the heck? Yeah, you know? that's true. <laughs> that's true. So I was an idiot for accidentally dropping it, I guess. Was I an ass butt? I don't know. No, you didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. You're it's right. kind of just like a, oh, this is a dumb mistake, but, Yeah, you know. oh, I felt so bad. Yeah. Anyway, what yeah. was your idiot or ass butt moment? Well, mine was also work-related. So we have these sinks in the rooms that we work in. So that way, like, if we're doing a body scrub or something like that, we can wash our hands in between. So you're not just, like, putting lotion on somebody with, like, gritty hands and just, like, doing the whole thing all over again. Yeah. Um, And so, again, I think this was an idiot or aspect moment for me before. But I did the same thing again. I was, like, leaning down into the sink. And because I'm too tall and the cabinets are too short, I, like, brained myself on the cabinet. And, like, thunked myself. I didn't get myself with the handle of the cabinet this time. I got myself with the edge of the cabinet this time. And it's kind of sharp, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. How many times am I going to do this? You know, it just, like, immediately kind of, like, jarred my teeth, you know, and all this. And I'm just like, ugh. That sucks. I'm yeah. sorry. I did it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and will I do it multiple times in the future? Probably. <laughs> Maybe two times is enough to learn that. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. you would think the first time would have been enough to learn about that because it did not feel good. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I just, it was, it was gross. But <laughs> I was like, I need to stop doing this to Aww. myself. But yeah, so that was my agent moment. It's been a while since you did that the first time, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, if this happens a couple times a year at this point, it'll probably be my average. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh. fine, I guess. <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.